I want to thank both you ladies for joining us today for this discussion and Veronica for you inviting us in. So thank you all very much. Thank you very much, Zach. You get back to the Becco booth and do what you do. And uh, everybody that does have an Eventbrite uh, invitation for lunch today, please go ahead and pick up some wraps and get a drink and make yourself comfortable. Uh, they're healthy wraps because we will be speaking about health and wellness in uh, kitchen and bath and interior design as well and why those are so important and what you might not be thinking about when you're selling them to your clients. So that's kind of the, the topic of the day. And the reason why I think this is important, the reason why we love that Becco is sponsoring this talk is the fact that uh, we all collectively as an industry uh, are very aware of the need for health and wellness, particularly after the past two years which are hopefully now simmering down to a dull roar. And uh, uh, what has happened in that time, we've seen a lot of studies come and go where um, manufacturers, showroom owners have participated and, and projected the need for health and wellness-related re products and design solutions in the home. Projections uh, by our friends at CE Pro on the technology side were as high as like 38% increase uh, in requests around health and wellness. What has happened a year later after that study was repeated that it was actually only 8% increase. So while we as an industry have a really good understanding of what should happen because we're smart like that and because we're immersed in the industry, it just kind of makes sense uh, that we think about that. But the reality is our consumers, our homeowners are not opening the door and saying, ooh, I hired a designer. Let me, let, please help me with my health and wellness. The conversation has remained, help me get a bigger house, give me a bigger kitchen. Uh, uh, you know, maybe give me a workspace now. I got, uh, surely that's a big topic, but we're not having the right conversation around health and wellness. And that is a big concern because we're kind of missing an opportunity. Here to discuss all of that with me is Suzanne Felber, as induced introduced by Zach just now, and Megan Mazzocco. And uh, Susan, why don't you take it away and give us a quick background on where you're at in the space and why this topic is so meaningful to you. Thanks, Veronica. I appreciate it. Um, I got interested in the health and wellness side of it through Zach. And I have known Zach for decades, like he said. And when he got involved with Becco, he sent out to a few of us and said, what do you consider a healthy kitchen to be? And it sounds like such an easy question, but I didn't have a good answer because wellness is so important, being healthy is so important, but it's something that we don't incorporate into the kitchen and into the home as much as we should. So we did a deep dive on that and I realized there are a lot of ways that would be so easy to make my lifestyle so much better, but I just hadn't thought about it. And I think as designers, it's really important that we really think about our customers and really think about what their lifestyles are, listen to them, as Zach likes to say, especially, and really decide how we can help them live a better lifestyle. Megan, why don't you give us a little bit of background? You have a very interesting story in how you relate to, to our world of architecture and design. So go ahead. Um, hi, thank you everyone for being here. Welcome. My name is Megan Mazzocco. Um, I am the A&D Yogini reporting from the intersection of place and well-being. Um, so my background is international studies and also design. 
And for 12 years, I was senior editor for three design publications. Um, and they um, really led me to believe in salutogenesis or design for health. I also became extremely aware of the exposome versus the genome. Um, and how your environment can switch on or off certain um, gene expressions. And I also became a certified yoga instructor in that time. And I decided I wanted to serve the design industry with a little bit of health and wellness. So I designed an accredited CD, CEU um, called the A&D Toolkit for Daily Creative Renewal. And it's all about the wellness. It's focused on the wellness of the designer. I'll never forget when I interviewed Melissa Hanley um, from uh, Blitz Architecture, and I said, "Oh, you guys, you know, are working. The culture of architecture is is you know very intense." And said, "How you know? How do you maintain it?" And she said, uh, "We all subscribe to well-being because when you have burnt-out employees, you get burnt-out solutions." Um, and so I continue to link um, the individual well-being of the individual or the designer to greater sustainability through a project um, that I started last year with Principal Angela Motsi from GBBN um, Cincinnati. And we host a room with experts every Monday morning called Architects as Healers, Buildings as Medicine. And we have experts on um, anywhere from artists to um, theoretical economists and behavioral um, scientists to talk about well-being in the built environment. Um, so I am here to hold space for everybody to be well. Yeah, and she really integrates it. And one of, one of my real goals in the, in the space that, that we hold in the design industry is, um, you know, kind of watching designers trying to find their value proposition. Designers trying to establish, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of quibbling going on about, well, this homeowner bought this on their own and what do I do? And I didn't make the markup on that sofa or on that, on that lamp. And, but really realizing and getting into a place, if not now, when, that the, the work that designers do is so, so, so impactful and is way more than uh, really just a conversation around shopping or designing in the tactical sense. You're creating spaces that people have to be in that they, 24 hours a day. So they should be wellness focused and they should be uh, exciting and, 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 well, make those, make those homeowners feel good. So one of the things right now, when you look at the health and wellness and what is the current state of our industry, what do you guys think, where are we at and why are we maybe not good enough? I don't think we've had the opportunity. I think we've been running on the squirrel's wheel for so long, we haven't slowed down enough to really address what's available. We've had so many houses to do. Housing's at record paces. It isn't about trying to incorporate things. It's just trying to get it done. Yeah. And then, I mean, the, the, just finishing it is a trick when you've got 36-week wait times and everything else. So I think now is a great time to really refocus and to really think about what we're putting into the houses instead of just getting what we can get. 
And what I love about what Megan does is when we were talking, both of us have found our own niches in the design world that are different from what really just about anybody else is doing. I trademarked Lifestylist in 1998, I think it was. I was working with Home Depot, and I was fortunate enough that the head of marketing said, you know what, you really do more than just styling. You know, we, we need to sit down and figure out who you are and what you do. So I was blessed with that. So she helped me come up with Lifestylist. I trademarked it that from learning is something, if you have a good name, trademark it. It's really important. I did it myself. You can. And after I did that, I had to go after Martha Stewart, Tyra Banks, Sandra Lee, because they were all using it. And I own the trademark. So I think it's really important to find your niche and find what you love and how you can set yourself apart from everybody else is, is a big challenge now. And Megan, on your, your side, just in general, when you look at the public health and wellness right now, I'm probably just kind of opening a can of worms with that question. But what is, what is the current state that you're seeing? Um, well, unfortunately, in the last three years, the life expectancy has steadily been declining in industrialized countries like the U.S. Um, the World Health Organization has declared sleep deprivation an epidemic in industrialized nations. And sleep is the number one predictor of health outcomes, not just physical health, but mental health. So we're all running around sleep deprived and crazy. And it's not a good idea to add, you know, a sleep deprivation epidemic to a pandemic. Um, another really serious issue is noise pollution. It's only second to um, air pollution in terms of uh, number one killer in the world according to the World Health Organization. So these are some things on a macro level that we're facing, you know, as a global society. But there's also, you know, the individual health of and well-being um, of the person. You can foster that inside of, you know, their microcosm inside of their home and bring awareness to the greater um, global issues. And they're definitely there. So I'm trying to move, um, move forward here a little bit. And I hold on. I got to flip through here, just making sure we have the right. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. I feel like something's missing. I'm having a technical glitch day today, but that's okay. <laughs> so frankly, what? And that might be an audience question too. What are homeowners actively asking for when it comes to health and wellness? Are they? having a conversation with you? Are they saying, hi, I really need clean water. I need air purification. I need a better space plan. Help me understand colors more. Do you guys get those questions? Or do you guys, are you guys sort of offering it up on your own? How does, how does that work in your practice right now? What's going on over there, Wendy? You, you end up offering it up, right? Who is it? So is it more common? Raise of hands. Who here offers up as you go through a client interview to think about health and wellness? Do you guys push that out there? And what do you ask for? Do you how do you how do you have that conversation? Julian, if you can if you could grab a mic, that'd be super cool. 
I'm just going to look at Wendy because she has lots to say. But everybody, please chime in. Because I'm, I'm really curious to see what you're doing right now so we get that 8% mark up and increase that topic a lot higher for you. Oops. What am I answering now? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm trying to see what it is that you're asking your clients when you're having a client interview. Well, we always ask them how, <laughs> how they live in their home and how they use their space and what their concerns are. Different families have different concerns for health and wellness, different areas. You know, some are practicing yoga. We just did a room for somebody. She wanted a space to do yoga. Other people were talking about their kitchens and it's clean water and um, maybe healthier eating. I was interested in what they were talking about, the refrigerator mm -hmm. that would keep the food lasting longer. So it's, I think it's very individualized. But those homeowners have to anticipate, right? So they can't ask you for something and you can't ask them if you don't know what's out there. So I think that's probably one of the, the big, uh, big questions. And so... Uh, what should homeowners be asking for? What, what would you like them to be educated on so that they can come back to you and say, look, I really care about the insulation in the walls. I care about um, color psychology. Um, how can, you know, do you, guys, do you guys have consumers with the amount of knowledge to come to you and, and ask you for more sophisticated wellness items or not? I'm okay with a no. I'm I think that's a lot of our job is knowing the right questions to ask because most well one of the uh, the Lowe's just had a really big survey that they did with consumers and it was fascinating 51 of consumers will spend more of their discretionary income on home improvement and 51 said they never um, have time with the pros, that the pros just do their job and they don't spend enough time with them. So if we're going to educate instead of sell, I think it's a great niche and I think we can really help the consumer that way. And I think one of the big areas that's coming up more than ever is aging in place. And when I've, my parents are in a retirement community, I think over half the residents are 100 years old now and still going strong. No, seriously. I mean, we are all living longer. So if I'm going to be 100, I would like to be walking and happy and active, not sitting in a chair. So I think we have to anticipate what those consumers are looking for and ask the right questions so we can let them know. And by attending things like KBiz, how many of you are Design Hound members? If you're not a member of the Design Hounds, you need to be. It's this amazing program that I just got involved with, with Veronica. And it's just a great peer support group. And so it's a great way. Veronica is always educating us on things like this, where we get to learn about new products. And that way, when we learn and when we have that group to network with, then those are things that we can take back to the consumers. And that's just it. I think for me, it's, the point I'm trying to get across here is... Um, how can we, what and how can we integrate? I know we had Susie Fia here earlier. I think she might have moved on. Um, but, you know, so Susie told me a story once. Whenever they do a bathroom, they always block all the walls. Uh, that's integrated wellness right there. It's just part of your arsenal of tools because you know when that homeowner comes back to you, you know that you can put in those grab bars and you can help them out because you've, uh, you've prepared for that. And I think what's not happening, what we're trying to do with health and wellness and same with sustainability, is we're trying to push it into the client. We're trying to kind of 
sell it. So to me, number one question is, how can the designer integrate it into their own life? That's the question for Megan. And how can they integrate it into the business, which will be the question for Suzanne. Um, Suzanne, I just have to say, I love your story about the living in place and how well um, those people have, have experienced quality of life, longevity, and well-being. And as designers, that is your superpower. Like, you can design a space for health and well-being and longevity and quality of life. And as it is now, people are sick for 20% of their lives because we are living longer. But the health span is not keeping up. So as designers, you can foster that and um, embrace that idea of really creating this health span for people, like Suzanne uh, mentioned. And for me, uh, as, as, a, as a well-being um, and sustainability consultant for Spring Architecture and a well-AP, I really like to think about these foundations and pillars of health embodied by the designer. And then it also triggers kind of ideas about, you know, products and design and, well, you know, what should be happening with circadian health. So when I go through the foundations of health, health first, I like to talk about sleep and make sure you are getting seven and a half to nine hours of sleep every night. That is what your body needs to send a calming signal to your nervous system so you can think straight during the day. And your, your hallways of your brain actually shrink and the lymphatic system cleans out, you know, the, the, the toxins, the neurotoxins and the plaque. That can only happen with sleep. So do not cheat sleep. That is the number one thing. And then sleep, when you are serious about sleep, you're thinking about how are you going to design that bedroom as a sanctuary, as a palace of sleep for your clients. It, it may involve, you know, blackout shades. It may involve um, an eco-organic mattress. I, I follow um, someone who reports on a lot of environmental toxicity and chemicals, and um, she recently recommended the um, avocado mattress as a, as a very economical choice there. Um, another part of, of just getting enough sleep and supporting your healthy sleep hygiene is supporting your circadian health. And then, oh, you think about lighting. All of your lights should be on dimmers because when the sun is setting, if you need to turn off 50% of your lights, ideally you would do it with dimmers and this helps your body start to produce the melatonin that will make you feel sleepy at bedtime. Um, so that's just one of the, the things um, I talk about hydration and movement and indoor air quality. And with hydration, um, you know, a healthy hydration habit, when you have one, you realize how often you are filling your water bottle or grabbing for a beverage. Um, so hydration stations are something that, you know, is not only for the kitchen. It's 
It should be maybe every, every level of the house, maybe even every room. Um, and then in terms of indoor air quality, you can offer suggestions, anything from just biophilia, you know, green plants, tropical foliage with, with real soil, to a whole house um, air purification system. I like Pure 365. Um, so those are just some ways that when you think about your own health and well-being and you really embody that and integrate that into your own daily habits and lifestyles, um, it comes out in a, in a product solution that you not only want for yourself, but you want to, to provide that for your client. And I just have to say, I love the, the Beko uh, refrigerator, the Harvest Fresh one, that has a lighting built in for the produce to make it think that it's still outside. And imagine if you had, you know, lighting in your, in your house that supported your circadian health to make you think, you know, you were still outside all day long. Um, and then just another idea, since this is, this is lunch, um, remember that food is medicine. So not only do you want to nourish your body with, you know, whole organic foods, you want to preserve that um, for your client. So those are some, um, just some ideas around the foundations of health. Those, I, I think those are such huge takeaways. And uh, one of the things that uh, I learned recently during a talk was that the importance of, of biophilia and plants around the house, which you just addressed. What I did not know is there's obviously a real benefit to sometimes just cut out of your work day and keep your own sanity. There's that whole, that whole problem with overwhelm that sneaks up on you that doesn't hit you in the head. It, it's kind of just comes crawling at you. And then as a designer, you get templated, you get tired and don't even realize that you're burning out until it's too late. So that's big. So breaking up the day uh, midway through and going outside, even just for 15 minutes, 20 minutes, having lunch and, and looking at greenery, just looking at greenery really is, is, is uh, studied to reduce blood pressure, heart rate, and really be calming. But what I found very interesting, and that's the thing I didn't know, is a percentage of those values can be accomplished through technology, through having screens around the house, uh, like the Samsung Frame and, and some of those brands, um, that display nature scenes. So even there in your office, if there's a secondary screen that you're working on, instead of having that thing on something silly like spreadsheets, who needs that? Instead, you actually, you can have some of those in nature scenes and it immediately has a soothing effect. So, and that's just for the designers working. And I think it's so important. If you don't live it yourself, you're, you're just selling it. You're just mouthing it. You're not actually integrating it into your work. And to me, that's like the big, the big deal, right? So Suzanne, what other products do you think are out there that, that people should be looking at? There's so many at this show. Have any of you seen Cooksey over there? There's some amazing new products at this show that are really fun. And so it's kind of in the back hall, but it is a way that works with a precision cooking. And precision cooking is my thing this year. I am so into it because 
again, going back to our clients, all of my clients think they want gas because they've always had gas. Gas works for them. So they want gas. I'm like, have you thought about induction? Oh, I only cook with gas. So by you knowing about things, introducing them to them, and gas is so much more healthy, it, it makes it easier to cook. You don't have the, the warm-up times on different things. And it's a very consistent cook. So I am... After playing with it, I'm sold on induction. And precision cooking is something that you'll see all through the show. Um, water is definitely something that's being talked about a lot. I'm seeing a lot about dishwashers and in, in a lot of the different ones as far as the sanitation part of it. Um, the styler that SKS is doing is an amazing product. And again, um, I have one at home and I use it every night to sanitize my masks in. I absolutely love it. I can't live without it. Um, flooring, again, we were talking about the different things with health and wellness, with so many people having asthma and allergies and so forth. Hard surfaces are really an important thing that somebody may be in a home that they've had for a long time that has carpet, that has all kinds of things in it. Changing to hard flooring is something. Um, how many of you have appliances in your house that you should have gotten rid of a long time ago, but they still work, so you just keep yeah, my, my dishwasher is my storage for my glassware. Well, I think, again, that's something that we can really help our customers with. If we can give them a good reason to change, they'll change. But we have to educate them. We have to educate. And that goes to my next question right here. How can, and, and kind of what I was leading into this conversation with, and I'm, missing, I'm literally missing one slide. I don't know how that happened. But when you think about the fact that in the United States right now, between interior designers, kitchen bath designers, decorators, everyone that is specifying, everybody that is working with homeowners, there are 75,000 roughly of you. 75,000 times 10 projects a year. You all do 10 projects a year at least. That's 750,000 homes that you're influencing that you're impacting in terms of health, wellness, and sustainability. You double that, you're at 1.5 million homes that you are impacting. And these homeowners, usually you're the first line of defense. You're the first one in the door. So when you think about the conversation that you're having and your authority in the industry and your value proposition, what do you bring to the table? 24 hours a day, seven day a week, wellness. Well, you go to a doctor and you cough up 300, 400, 500 bucks for that 15 minute session that may or may not help you out. Um, no problem. You're not questioning that. You're not telling that doctor, can you give it to me at cost? You're not, you're not doing any of that, right? You're just going, yeah, well, here you go because you know how to give me penicillin. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, and, and with a designer, you have way more impact on health and wellness. And to me, that, that was a, such, a, such a staggering thought when you think about an easy 1.5 million homes that you're impacting every year and the difference that you can make by specifying the right product, but more importantly, by integrating them from the get-go without the homeowner even knowing about it. Mm -hmm. Simply best practices, right? Absolutely. So, And you had some other points about establishing that authority. Well, I think a lot of it is you have to have partnerships with vendors so that you know what's out there and they let you know as, as soon as things come up. Um, being authentic is a huge one to me because if 
when I don't know enough about a product, I can't sell it right. And I, I don't act like I believe in it because I don't know. So I think any opportunity you have to go and actually try out products, kind of I, my appliances kind of work in my house, but they're all going because with all of the new technology that's coming out, I want to get in there and play with it. And again, induction's a big thing with me. Uh, there's now ways that you can control to one degree how much something is. And most ranges go, you know, low, medium, high, or one to eight. Well, with induction, you can do 230 degrees. You can do it that exact thing. So the way you learn is by playing with it. And one of the things you just brought up is the partnership with brands. Who here works with brands? Who's connected on a design council or involved with, with uh, brand product development? Anybody? Guys, missing out. Get on these councils. Get on these councils. Reach out to the brands. Use social media. So, so you are on the, on the Becco Healthy Kitchen Council. Yes, and a couple other ones. And a couple other ones. Yes. And that's, that's fine. We're allowed to say that. We can, oh. we can, we can mention where they're at. Okay. But I think it's really important. Well, and what I love is it has been an incredible education for me because I know what products are coming out in five years. I, I'm not going to say which products I've had a hand in, but it's really rewarding and they really listen to you. And so by getting involved with the brand, they want to know you. And if you really want to be the best help to your customers, know what's out there and be able to say, you know, I helped with this. We tweaked it a little bit. I think you're really going to like what we do. Being here and having the opportunity to talk to the heads of most of these companies is a priceless opportunity. Yeah. Absolutely. Get involved. Companies need to know, they need to hear from you as designers what you are seeing. They can't work in a silo. They can't R&D without you. And uh, one of the things that, that I head up is uh, just a couple couple aisles over is the NKBA Global Connect Pavilion. And one of the projects we work on there is to help international brands go to business, come, uh, come and do business in the United States in a way that works. What we don't want is for you guys to order some cool collection that you saw at a trade show somewhere, and then they can't deliver. So that's kind of what that program is all about. But as you think about international uh, trends, looking at what's going on in the world of design, you're a Kachina. Um, Living Kitchen, IMM Cologne. Uh, there's so many trade shows out there. There's so much information out there that's very accessible online um, where you might find some brands that you would be interested in having here. Maybe they won't come over here, but ask the, the brands that you work with. If you're, if you're, whichever your favorite appliance go-to brand is, if you need more induction, you need a 48-inch induction range. I hear that someone here is just launching one today. So you have your two ovens, but you have induction at the top. All of that is pushed and driven by the designer's input. And if you guys don't input, then the, the brands have a much harder time figuring out whether that's the right direction for them, right? Yeah, and I'll tell you one of my favorite finds that I've found in the last few months is a Turkish coffee maker. Has anybody ever tried Turkish coffee? Do they know what that is? Yes. Every day, right? Uh, well, and, and what get, I... I started this search because I hate K-cups. It just drives me insane. You're pushing it through plastic. There's mold a lot of times in the parts of it. It's so bad for the environment. It's so bad for you. So I actually went to Becco, and this is kind of how these conversations start. And I said, I can't afford a $3,000 coffee maker. I hate the ones that are $100. So help me out. And 
two months later, I get a box. I am not kidding. And they're like, well, this is a Turkish coffee maker. And I thought it was induction, but it actually, you just have a craft. You fill it with your water. You put your grinds right in there. Turkish coffee is a really fine grind. You just stick it in there. A little light goes and it beeps on the coffee maker. It's only like this big. It's amazing. And three minutes later, you have the best coffee that you will ever drink in your life. There's no filter. There is no bleached filter that you have to do it through. The grinds are actually great for your garden. So I compost all my grinds. And it's so inexpensive. And it's give or take around $100. It's the best thing I've ever found. So that is how to letting these brands know what your customers are asking for and what you're looking for. You never know what they'll come up with. But if you haven't tried Turkish coffee, it's... It's the best. Yeah, and social media is a great place to do it. And here at the show is a great place to do it. Something else you're saying on your... Uh, um, on your takeaways here, Suzanne, was to show and sell. I think that's really important, right? If you, if people don't know that it exists, then you can't sell it. Yeah, and I'll tell you one of the other great things I did this year is I found an appliance showroom that I have a great relationship with. And I finally found somebody that I like. I can trust them with my customers because I know when I take them in there, they're going to show them what I ask them to show, which is a huge problem I think a lot of you know. And they support me. So they support me. They send me business. When I need something, they do it immediately. Um, hate to keep bragging on Becco, but they've just been amazing this year. Um, I'm really involved in the State Fair of Texas and love entering the cooking competitions. And so I, I know the people at the Creative Arts Building. And we had snow get in last year, and we had it again this year. And so it killed the refrigerator that they had in the Celebrity um, Chef Kitchen. So they said, hey, do you happen to know anybody? Well, I did. I knew Zach. So I called up Zach and said, Zach, can you help me out? Zach managed to get one of the uh, Harvest Fresh refrigerators. I think somebody drove it to the state fair. They had it there 10 days before the fair opened. 96 celebrity chefs, 150 people each time those chefs cooked. Over 3 million people visited the state fair of Texas and Becco saved the day. So pretty darn yeah. awesome. Got to gotta be involved and got to have those partnerships. I think that's definitely uh, a, a good point. And, and as we're kind of wrapping this up, and I'd love to take questions if you guys have them uh, around how to get involved with, with some of this. One thing you said, let your geek fly. fly. You, you always do. I mean, I know you love to talk shop. but <laughs> I, I, like st- I like statistics. And I, I think that makes you look like a professional if you have numbers. Like my, my favorite new one is is a typical consumer's attention span right now is eight seconds. So when they're going to the website, social media, anything else, that's why everybody's doing video. Who knows what the attention span of a goldfish is? Nine. (laughs) And that's from Microsoft, so it's legit. So I I love things like that. But, you know, it's, it's, it's really good to know what you're talking about. And if you don't know, you find the right person. And I'm going to brag again on Design Hounds from... I don't know a lot about smart kitchens, but smart kitchens are so important right now. So I know when I get a smart kitchen question, I call Scott Kohler because he's also a Design Hound member and he will know. So instead of making something up, it's just really important to have that Rolodex of, of people that you can really depend on. I think especially right now with the, the world as, as fast as we're moving in terms of technology, in terms of product development, I think we're going to now that this 
I, I feel like we're, the, the COVID pause is really kind of simmering down. Please, just somebody knock on something. Vinyl cubes, if you want. Just fills with plant plastics, fine. But um, I think there's a real pent-up desire for product development that's kind of been in the, in the wheelhouse for a lot of people. So getting involved and saying, you know, coming out of this and taking stock after having been really, really busy... Let's not be reactive. Let's be proactive as designers and actually uh, really add health, wellness, and sustainability. And I hate even saying the word. It drives me crazy because people immediately kind of shut down. And, uh, but we will talk about that tomorrow uh, at the same time. And um, to say, how can, you, how can you make that part of your DNA in your, in your company? And I think the, the constant learning going to trade shows like this one, traveling internationally, going to High Point Market, or sit, sitting right there. Um, I, all of that is really, really important. Definitely going to the international shows when you can travel again, I think is huge. Um, following online, participating in all of these groups. So many group owners are, are in and out of the lounge here. Wendy, you're a group owner. You've got a design business group. And so there's so much learning going on and to stay on top of, I, I always see a very distinct difference between people in the room that are not part of any of the Facebook groups that are not part of, of clubhouse conversations um, that are kind of working in their own silo and doing what they've done for a really long time in the same way. I find it really shocking to compare them to people that are constantly engaging, constantly interacting, right? I think there's just so much to be learned from all of us. There's more design hounds walking in the room right now. Hey, um, so I think that's that's a really that's a really big deal. And Megan, why don't you close it out? I know you had talked about the importance for all of us around uh, sleep, hydration, movement, but but keeping perspective and being grateful. I, I kind of end end us on that, please. So um, a lot of yoga teachers or meditation teachers would claim like if everybody meditated, the world would be a better place. I think that you know, just get enough sleep first. Let's start there. Um, and then I want to challenge you guys for just maybe a week to do a very simple exercise. It's a, it's a 20 second gratitude practice called three good things. And you can speak it out loud in a group setting or write it down. Um, so then it will be embodied. And this exercise um, has been shown to have residual well-being effects for up to six months, just after one week of this practice. So it's 20 seconds. Why not give it a try? It's also shown that people who have a regular gratitude practice um, are generally more uh, successful. They are better at finding solutions to challenges in unlikely places and they also sleep better. So there you go. So it's a, it's a big loop around selling health and wellness, but I think it's important that you make that big loop. Any last words, ladies? Well, I have perfected my toffee recipe that I used to enter in the State Fair of Texas by using induction. So if anybody wants to see how good an induction really is, I do have some samples. She does have samples. So yes, we got chocolate going on over here. I think the lunches are all gone. Uh, if you guys have any questions, please let us know. Uh, we're here. Um, I had a question actually about lighting, mm -hmm. mostly for, for you. Mm -hmm. um, 
around LED lighting and dimmers. Because um, I have four small kids and they love to get my camera and take slow motion videos. And I see the, the flicker. I'm like, is it any better than fluorescent? Because it's, yeah. I um, have, as the senior editor, as the former senior editor of Architectural SSL Magazine, I have watched LEDs um, come into the market. And originally it was like the Wild West. And going to the Home Depot or, you know, to the store and just looking at these LED light sources, you, there wasn't even enough information on the packages um, but now this should be um, really a lot better than fluorescent. Um, there are so many sensitive, like highly sensitive people um, that can be triggered by um, flicker. And so this is something that the LED companies have had to work really hard on eliminating and also make sure that they are 100% dimmable um, so that you're not just getting like that halfway. Um, we have a lighting expert that comes on to Architects as Healers Buildings as Medicine, um, our clubless house room periodically. His name is JP Badal. And if you follow JP, um, every Friday morning at 10 Eastern, he does something called 10 in the Shed. And he does a demonstration of a really well done LED product. Um, so if you are interested in learning more about great LEDs and just lighting design in general, I would definitely suggest following JP Badal. Um, I think his handle is at Delivered Lumens. That's true. Yeah. He also happens to be, we do have a Facebook group of our own, which is uh, the Kitchen and Bath Industry Group or KBI Group. So hop into that, just knock, and we'll let you in. And JP is actually our lighting inspect expert in the group, and I had no idea. See, this small world. small world. But yeah, JP has traveled with us. He's part of Design Hounds. He was with us in London on Design Hounds London tour years ago. And uh, he really, really, really knows about lighting. Uh, comes from the commercial sector, but is doing a lot more work on the residential side to really help educate. And, and lighting is, is such a crucial topic for you guys, for sure. There was a question back here. Thank you for uh, both of your time. I think this question is mostly directed to Megan. Um, it's interesting because biophilia has been a word that's, that was created in the 80s. And it's wild that we're finally getting around to using it as a hot keyword in design. So... Are you seeing uh, your clients, your customers coming to you and asking about the term biophilic design? And how are you educating them in terms of resources um, you know, to, to sell that as a concept? Because it seems very like esoteric in a sense. Um, so what I would point you to as a really good resource for this is um, you want to talk about like the neuroscience of well-being and what is actually the experience that your brain is having when you are looking at nature. It is triggering a relaxation response. Um, 
So a lot of what we're talking about with our clients is maintaining a connection between the indoors and the outdoors. And um, I've also been talking a lot about what something um, Eric Olson from Transolar uh, coined in Fast Company, and he calls it the mid-doors. So it's this idea of being able to feel like you're outdoors while you still have some protection indoors. And then finally, there is a really great CEU about the bioscience of experience by Sky Factory. Um, David Navarrete is brilliant, and um, he has done some research, even some brain imaging with Texas Tech, showing what is happening in your brain when you are looking at views of nature. So those are um, how I would suggest to um, get familiar with the topic and, and bring it to, to your clients. And, and I think the response to biophilia when it's integrated in your design is overwhelmingly positive. It's just not very common. You know, if you're doing a kitchen design, you're doing a kitchen design. But why not just right from the start integrate a green wall into the space, whether that's a gardening piece or just a, a, just a decorative plant wall, but just working in the greenery right from the start, not as an afterthought, I think is hugely important. And, uh, and that's kind of what we're trying to get as what can you do proactively? And correct me, Megan, if I'm wrong, but I think that's where we're missing an opportunity to bring in these elements. You know, earlier you mentioned hydration stations, same thing. What a great word, you know? Why not offer your client hydration stations? They're like, what is that? Well, I don't know, but let's figure it out. And let's, let's have an area in your home, multiple areas. I love multiple areas for everything because that means you're selling more cabinetry and more decorative plumbing and more everything. So have these multiple kitchens, have these multiple spaces available. So hydration station, yeah, why schlep all the way down into the kitchen when you're trying to have water by your bedside, have, have a place there where there's filtered water available. So I think there's a lot of opportunity there for you guys, for sure. Well, and uh, Pinterest just re released a survey on what their top picks are for going into the future and, and what's trending with them. And what's interesting is biophilic architecture is up 150% this year. So they do know the word. Very good. I like it. Any other questions? All right, well, thank you so much, you guys. Thanks for coming. Thank you, Dubeco, for sponsoring. <laughs> <laughs>